Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This episode was brought to you by Studio Headphones. Studio is trying to bridge that gap between awesome tech device with amazing sound, but that might be a little bulky and that snazzy accessory that might not have the best sound. Basically, a minimalistic and fashionable design with emphasis on audio quality, which would compete with the highest rated headphones on the market, but at a much more reasonable cost. They let me pick out a pair. I chose the Vaza, and I can vouch for them. Great rich sound where you can really pick out the details of music. And Studio's a cool company, Swedish, sleek, Scandinavian design. They ship for free anywhere in the world. Plus, if you enter Alchemy as a discount code on their website, not only do you get a 15% discount, but that also lets them know that I sent you, and that helps this show. So give the site a look, studiosweden.com. The Bluetooth headset batteries last over 24 hours of active use, much better than my previous headphones, or a full week in standby mode. And they really do sound as good as they look. That code was alchemy at studiosweden.com. Yeah. So, good <laughs> evening and welcome to the History of Germany podcast. I'm Judith Strusenberg. And I'm Travis Dow. <laughs> From where we left off last time and for a quick summary of where we are. Where are we, Travis? We had Henry IV. There was, the a, there was a German yep. Kaiser and a Pope in Rome and, and there was trouble between them. Okay, oh, I'm sorry. That was the last 10 episodes. That was... <laughs> the investiture conqueror. Uh, Controversy. controversy yeah yeah, yeah and even yeah. before even before that and yeah but this is exactly we are at the height of the investiture controversy last episode was henry the fourth and now in the last episode we mentioned he had a son which is now yeah the, the king which went uh, to canossa in the winter in a hair shirt i think that, you that guy, all remember hair, and the hair shirt yes, guy yeah and now we talk about um this son the fifth and last Henry for a while, yes. <laughs> the last Henry for a while. Uh, he was... Um, yeah, actually, we, for should, a while, we yes. should say right at the beginning, this is the last episode of the Salia dynasty, the Salian um, dynasty uh, mini-series also. Um, not necessarily the mini-series, but this is the last Salian ruler, this episode. Um, so, yeah, watch out. Times are interesting. Times are ahead. Henry was uh, uh, the fifth was crowned a king in January 1099 in in Aachen. He was uh, as as his father just a kid because he he never should have been king because his uh, older brother Conrad uh, should have been king. He he was crowned, but uh, then he left his father's party and uh, was with the rebels, with the party yeah. of the Pope. Yeah. So his younger brother, Henry, was crowned and Henry uh, took an oath to take no part in business of the empire during his father's lifetime. But as his brother, he was induced by his father's enemy uh, to revolt in 1104. What? Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how what? that. <laughs> how? No. Well, so Henry V was really only crowned king because his brother was revolting, and yes. only five. It only took him five years until he also <laughs> revolted. So this was the time. So just a couple years before, there was not just popes and anti-popes. Um, mm -hmm. There was the pope. So the anti-pope was often the pope that was named pope by the German Kaiser so that he would be loyal. But this was also the time of king and anti-king. So there was more than one king. Remember, 
from the last episode, Henry the Fourth was not popular. He was fighting everybody, kind of, and especially the popes, though, but also other nobility. So the so nobility were um, backing and electing other kings. This happened, and then, so, this, just to show how bad it was with Henry the Fourth, it wasn't just Conrad that was fighting his father, it was also Henry the Fifth fighting his father, and just six years after his coronation, we see yes. them face off across the river, just one example, I guess, the, but across the river, Reagan, um, father and son, head of an army, <laughs> same as what happened to his brother Conrad and it didn't actually come to a battle. They, they finally, they, they came to an arrangement on Christmas of 1105 at a diet, kind of a, a court uh, in Mainz. They wanted to come, but uh, Henry V trapped, oh, yeah. trapped his father. I think, so now I wonder if Henry V was a good, uh, Henry IV, I wonder if he was yes. a good actor because he so instead of fighting uh instead of actually having a battle across the Reagan River they they you know there was a big show of reconciliation and and Henry the 4th crying and blah and you know they're hugging and everything and Henry the 5th <laughs> he who was uh, to overdue his father and Henry the 5th dismissed his armies uh now that no. was a trick now so okay so wait so wait wait, wait. so Henry the 4th was a we had this discussion in the last episode. Was he tricking the Pope? What was the historic accuracy when he did the gang to Canossa, the, the walk yes. to Canossa in the hair shirt? Was that a political move? Was it s sneaky and tricky or was it honest and humble? And now we see Henry V, you know, uh, try, you know, in tears and hugging his father and dismissing his army. Um, but that was a trap. I think we also discussed in the last episode. Uh, he, he, promised his father protection in, in Castle Bekelheim. Um, but yeah, he, he was captured on the way and spent his spent Christmas <laughs> in the dungeon. And uh, we're, we're recording this on the 23rd of December. So that's kind of, it's a, this is a fitting Christmas episode, I guess. Henry IV in, in chains yeah. in the dungeon. Um, Very special Christmas episode. He was uh, kind of punished while he was in uh prison who renounced his reign a few days later and uh, uh, yeah it's like we're <laughs> that means he was tortured horribly for days until he because henry the fourth did not give up his reign easily i mean he fought so hard <laughs> against saxons against it. the pope against against everybody against rudolph yes. and you know um and now his son has him tortured until, yeah, he, he basically resigns. Uh, handed over uh, the imperial insignia yeah. to his son. That's basically it for Henry IV. Um, he could no longer be dangerous to his son. He was a broken, broken man. We said in the last episode he died when he was like 56. He was, he was crowned when he was six years old, so nominally... He ruled for 50 years, but, you know, then we know he was kidnapped. Um, but he ruled from a young age, like when he was 18 or something, from, from a, as a teenager. Um, but he was killed, or he died when he was 56 now. Yeah, that was in uh, 1106 in Liège, where he was initially buried. Now, when he, was, when he died, he was still excommunicated. We're going to now see Henry V actually fight for... Uh, to the new pope for his dad's right to be, well, to be exonerated and then for him to be buried in Spaya because Spaya is a cathedral. You can't be buried in a cathedral if you're excommunicated. Henry <laughs> Henry the Fourth, if you remember, was ex excommunicated a couple times, like three times, <laughs> something like that. Um, so his body was moved a couple times is the point. But finally, uh, he was laid to rest in the Spaya Dome, uh, the Spaya Cathedral, and the Spaya Cathedral will be its own episode in a couple episodes, um, the one after next, I believe. And now we have a pretty young Henry V ruling alone uh, as the King of Germany. And yes. at first, <laughs> unlike his father, with the consensus of the princes. If you remember, Henry IV had to fight 
everybody all the time, immediately, and for decades. All the time. Like Saxony, the Slavs, uh, the Saxons, uh, the Italians, Italy, the Pope, the, Pope yeah. the Romans, separately. You know, when I say the Italians, there's the Romans, and then there's like the Florentines or the Northern Italians. All of those, all the time. And now Henry V, because he was already fighting his unpopular father, he is now kind of the hero that everybody likes at first <laughs> spoiler uh, uh <laughs> spoiler alert but but yeah so um he's he's with good relations with the saxons everybody nominally likes him uh remember he's fighting his father because of the pope so he's even getting along with the pope right now so yeah. is it so it's all it's all gravy so so far so good right everything's just just hunky dory for for henry Right. So almost uh, by the fall of his father, the rule in Italy has suffered greatly. There were no issued uh, records of uh, Italian recipients for for a while, for for more than a year. Uh, so Henry uh, traveled to Italy uh, to to show himself there and uh, to see how things were going. So. What happened next? Yeah, basically, I think there's just a lack of sources from 1095 to 1110. Uh, from I, basically, what, what a lack of sources kind of tell tell us is that there was hardly any representatives from northern Italian cities like Milan. Milan was very independent in the during the reign of Henry the Fourth. So Henry V, if he wanted to, you know, it's a it's a economically rich part of of the empire. So if he wanted to to keep getting taxes and keep ruling northern Italy, he had to basically go down there. That was the one thing. The other thing, the investiture controversy, still happening. Um, Henry V, we do see from records that he was instating bishops and the pope did not like this so the the pope uh didn't like that with henry the fourth and so kind of induced henry the fifth to fight his father because it was part of the investiture controversy remember henry the fourth died excommunicated okay um but the (laughs) but the uh but his son Henry V was still giving the rings of you know to bishops, naming them bishops, and and you know giving them the, the symbolic power, uh, like a very worldly power um, to you know kind of get tithes and taxes and income and all that, which the Pope didn't like. So that was the whole investiture. Again, we define this every episode for the last five episodes. Investiture is the right to create bishops to to name bishops. And uh, popes wanted this. So finally, 1010, 10-11, Henry needs to actually go down to Italy at the head of an army. That's the, well, for the first, yeah, for the yeah, first in, time in his life, yeah. Um, and, and I would say, August. yeah, it's not, this is, this is when things start to go bad, maybe. I don't want to, like, spoiler too much, but... Um, it's, it seems like everybody likes Henry V, but um, we're about to see maybe not. Maybe uh, first uh, things were running great. Um, in August 1110, Henry's court uh, took the decision to leave uh, for Rome and with the goal to end the controversy. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. A fine thing. One uh, good thing. I like that idea. Uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, he, he did too. <laughs> so uh, they went there with a great, uh, mighty army. Uh, it should have been uh, 30,000 knights from all over the empire. Mm-hmm. But there was uh, a second army, which was led by Duke Welf V of uh, Bavaria. Uh, it It is a funny story because... Um, Henry the Fourth uh, could yeah. not pass uh, northern Italy because he was in a fight with Matilda of Tuscany, yeah, mm-hmm. and Welf uh, was married with her for a while, and so they had no trouble to uh, pass northern Italy to uh, reach 
Rome to see uh, the, the Pope there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's significant. Every time when you say a united German army, that's that doesn't always happen. Henry the Fourth no. would not have gotten Bavarians to fight for him, like yeah, or Swabians. So the that that just shows that yep, Henry the Fifth started his reign beloved, and he was able to get you know Frank. That means Franks, Saxons, Swabians, and uh, what? Who am I forgetting? <laughs> the fourth one uh, to to you know get together and all march down to um, to Italy. His father couldn't yes. do that. So yeah, the Pope was uh, seeing this and was uh, thinking like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh... 30,000 knights are not that uh, fine. He uh, sought uh, support uh, from the Normans uh, who ruled in southern Italy that uh, time and as well from the Roman nobility. However, uh, the Pope uh, made uh, no attempt to gain any support from northern Italy cities. Although uh, these cities uh, began to to escape the Mm -hmm. excess of the empire and get more free and we have Henry hiding to Rome. And from this point, it's one could say one one blow after the other. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. It's almost like, yay, we have a new... Kaiser, and here's the beginning of the end already. So <laughs> everybody loves Henry, okay? Now, the first thing that Henry, Henry wants to do, and the first thing we want Henry to do, is to end the investiture controversy. Yay! Yay! So he goes, to, so he goes to Rome, <laughs> and he talks to the Pope, and the Pope wants him to give up. So the Pope wants him, Henry to agree to give up all the that all the bishops in the Holy Roman Empire give up their secular right, which is a lot of power for the bishops, by the way. And the bishops only then have an ecclesiastical role, meaning they're like bishops in a modern sense. So remember, bishops are basically nobility with, you know, that owned land and got money and even, you know, ran, um, had were powerful. They ran villages and had people and got taxes and tithes and everything. Um could lead armies, okay? Bishops led armies, all right? So don't forget that. And the Pope wants him to give, for them to give that up. And Henry says, okay, now, cool. So he's in Rome. (laughs) And then, so the Pope's happy. This is the end of the investiture controversy. And they're about to get crowned emperor of the Holy Roman Empire. And everything's happy and good, except... You need to stop. We need a record scratch. Ert, stop <laughs> sound. Because meanwhile, while this is happening, the bishops in Germany find out about the agreement and instantly uh, revolt. The bishop, yes. Or even the during bis- the yeah. coronation, like in the coronation, they they instant yes. they revolt and the the whole the parties and the festivities has to stop and the the coronation is paused basically and. Henry was really pissed off. Yeah, and and so he- yeah. Henry now with the pressure of the bishops demanded that they renegotiate the investiture agreement with the pope. The pope, yes. it's a done deal, it's signed, he refused and Henry arrests the pope in Saint and takes him prisoner in Saint Peter's, which is in the Vatican in Rome today. Uh <sighs> That's not good. <laughs> uh, like I don't know. I don't know if you know this, but that that's not that's a bad thing. So that's really? not. So that's not good. So this is that's why I said this is the beginning of the end. So already, just immediately now, the Pope is angry and against him, and the bishops are angry and against him. Um, and the nobility is angry because uh, you can't uh, arrest uh, you can't ar- the, the Pope. That's right. He, yeah, he's he's no. at, he's at risk of being excommunicated himself, just like his father. He basically instantly turned into his father somehow. Just um, wow, yeah, it just instantly kind of did every mistake he could make in a in a way. Okay, um, he forced the Pope to um, make him emperor, to to crown him two months later, and uh, he had to promise um, that he won't excommunicate Henry. Henry learned uh, something from the... He did learn from his dad, yeah. Yes, 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 of course. And the the Pope uh, 
did not excommunicate him, but um, some of his people uh, did. Yeah. In summer 11, yeah. And in September um, 11, 12, he was excommunicated for the first time. One could say uh, the, the consents from the beginning and it was gone. He was excommunicated by the later Pope uh, Calixtus II. Yeah, so he... so. Yeah. So nice try. He's still excommunicated. Um, there's other drama against arch, uh, archbishops in Germany. Like, for instance, there's another example of uh, his closest confidant until 1111 was Adalbert, the Archbishop of Mainz. Yes. Uh, he went down to Italy with him, for instance. And, you know, this this kind of ended. Um and the archbishop was was captured and and held in prison for three years. This was so. I don't want to go into like waste too much time on on all these details. But basically, the the bishopric, the bishops turned against Henry. And part of to complicate this, it wasn't just about or to give an example of of really what this meant was because the reason that you know why would he why would he lock up his closest confidant really? And the thing is is that. Uh, for generations now, the bishopric, bishoprics are intertwined with the Salian dynasty themselves. And like, like who owns land, who owns, you know, who has what rights in the cities are kind of blurred. And Adalbert, the bishop of Mainz, our archbishop of Mainz, was one of those examples where um, some of the things, some of the lands were maybe kind of double, doubly held by the emperor and the archbishop. So um, if the emperor just said, well, this is mine now, then that was going against the, it's just a complicated thing. And, you know, long story short, he locked up his longtime confidant, confidant, which, yeah, for three, I mean, that's horrible. <laughs> This was before human rights, so they just, you know, throwing somebody in a dungeon, it's a bad time. Not even then he uh, was allowed to do his. He should have talked uh, to the nobility, but he did not. Um, this shows how, yeah, he uh, reigns like uh, his father without That's right. any uh, consents now. That's right. Maybe if he would have, yeah, if he would have discussed this move with the nobility first. But the nobility might have said no, because why would they want the emperor to have more land? I mean, yeah, yes. it's it's very political, so it's not so easy. It's it's hard to see, it's hard to say what he should have done. But yeah, this was, you know, locking up the Archbishop of Mainz, a very powerful member of the church, period. Yes. Um, that yeah, nobility didn't like that. So Bad he managed and... to he managed to make everybody angry, just like his father. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Adalbert became a great antagonist um, of uh, the Salians, and uh, property uh, disputes also led to conflicts in Saxony. Once again, we've heard this last episode with Henry the Fourth, and yeah, so things uh, turned really worse. And at this uh, time, he managed uh, to marry. Uh, he married uh, Matilda from from England on January uh, the seventh uh, in eleven fourteen in Mainz with the greatest splendor. Uh, Is real that... big party? Uh, That's wild. The Archbishop is in jail. Let's see. 15 yeah yeah Boy, what a mean thing to do yeah anyways so in Mainz <laughs> the Archbishop of Mainz is in jail there's a huge celebration yeah and um, and he um Adalbert uh got company I don't know if exactly but um during the wedding ceremony Henry V had Count uh, Ludwig of uh, Thuringia arrested for his involvement in the Saxon opposition and yeah yeah during his wedding ceremony what the <laughs> i'm trying so hard not to make a game of thrones reference but okay <laughs> uh, because everybody three. dies no 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 so actually henry should have killed everybody he should have gone full game of thrones murder everybody <laughs> at the wedding and be done with it because he didn't do that he arrests one of the he arrests one of the nobility he arrests uh, yes. Ludwig of Thuringia and 
this is a scandal, okay? Ladies and gentlemen, this is not allowed. Yes. And... <laughs> Because because at a wedding, you know, so it's an unspoken, you know, it's diplomatic immunity. You you it's just like at a hof talk, at a diet, at a at a court. When you invite people to the court, the safety of those people is assumed. So this was a trap. This is a trick. This is breaking their trust. And the other nobility don't like that. And they use, but they're all together in the same room at the wedding. So they use this opportunity to conspire against Henry V. Henry V yes. is quickly, basically now, Henry V has turned into his father. The nobility hate him. He's excommunicated all the time. Uh, he's, you know, he has archbishops in prison. Um, he, yeah, uh, yeah, he's a, he, he, rule, he rules alone. No, everybody hates him now, basically. This is exactly, um, so the wedding, okay, so the wedding goes badly, but he, he makes quite a bit of money from the dowry of um, Matilda is the daughter of uh, King Henry the first of England. He's the, is he the, the son or grandson of William the Conqueror? I think grandson. I don't, I don't, we don't care. This that's not history of Germany, but it's only a generation or two since the Normans conquered England from the Anglo-Saxon Kings. Um, so this is pretty new. This is a new dynasty in England, and this is actually prestigious, prestigious for the British, for the English King, yes. um, Henry. Yeah. So he gets, you know, he marries the emperor's daughter. Hey, hey, look at him. Um, it's also kind of neat because I, I, well, okay. I think it's interesting as a history nerd because the emperor is asking against, uh, sorry, the pope is asking against the emperor. He asks for the help of the Norman ruling, the Normans ruling southern Italy, you know, here and there. He asks them for help against the Kaiser. And meanwhile, he's marrying the daughter of a different Norman ruler in England. So, you know, these Norman kingdoms are independent of each other. They're not... Uh, the same Norman king anymore. And we see this here, that, yeah, you can marry the daughter of one while fighting the Normans of another. And, um, yeah, and it's, it's marries, interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's there is a real young woman. Uh, also, uh, yeah. Already a, a girl. Uh, I think he was only eight when he was engaged, and now the... No, she was uh, eight. Oh, she uh, was when, eight when, when... Okay, yes, yeah. When, yeah. when they engaged in 11-8. Gotcha, okay. And Oh, so this is only like yeah, six, six years yeah, later. She's yeah, she's yeah. fourteen mm -hmm. at her, her wedding wedding day. Yeah, uh, not the happiest uh, party uh, to 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 be here. No, you, and uh, in <laughs> and in fact, war breaks. Or well, another revolt breaks out immediately after this too. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, again, Saxons. The Cologne Archbishop unites uh, an opposition, uh, rebels, I guess. There's kind mm -hmm. of a civil war. Um, there's, yeah, so Henry has to invade Cologne twice and fails. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't... Um, there is... Uh, he's already now fighting... Well, okay, I'll give you. There's, there's one interesting thing here. Why this is important? He's he fights a nobleman, uh, a Saxon nobleman named Lothar, and this uh, Lothar. Well, the next episode of the History of Germany podcast is called Lothar the Third. All right, um, this Lothar of House Supplenberg is fighting Henry, and it might be important that he's a Saxon duke and that he's against Henry the Fifth. That yes. might be important next episode. So this, this is not, <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's another, there's another uh, couple of guys fighting Henry with Lothar the uh, Third. Those are, those are, and they're they're from the Staufen uh, house, and they come from a castle that's on a on a hill called Hohenstaufen, which might be important in the next couple episodes, which is somewhere in Swabia. Those are Swabian dukes. You know, I just. Just I don't know. Maybe that's important. But for right now, they're all fighting Henry V. That's the yes, thing. and maybe it will be important too that an Adalbert um, had his I don't know in German you would say er hatte seine Finger im Spiel. He was pulling the strings of yeah yeah against um, Henry V. 
Yes. Still locked up somewhere now. He gets let yeah. free. Eleven fifteen. Yeah. So yeah, so he yeah, was still. Uh, yeah. He was writing letters, sending ravens <laughs> like in Game of Thrones. <laughs> this was the seventh, uh, second um, Game of Thrones um, mention. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. At least I don't mention Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so Adalbert yeah. of Mainz rolled a twenty-sided dice and got a critical success. <laughs> oh, great! Uh, we should do a role-play episode. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, yeah. So yeah, really. Every, okay. So everybody hates Henry. What do you do? What do the Henrys do when everybody hates you? Invade Italy. Um, <laughs> Once more, yes. I think that's the, yeah. So again, there's um, Matilda of uh, Tuscany dies. That was the uh, the Duke of Bavaria's wife that he had problems with. She dies. There's kind of a power vacuum um, in northern Italy. Uh, so he needs to go and take care of that. 1116. Um, what do we want to say about this? I guess... Uh, what you know? So so he's he's leaving, and there's still nothing secure in Germany. So while he's yes. gone, Frederick II, Conrad, these these uh, Staufa, these uh, that that's going to be the next mini series. Okay, spoiler: the next mini series is called the the Hohenstaufen or Staufa dynasty. So that's happening while while Henry leaves. Um, you know, they kind of you know. they're they're looting the place. Um, a couple years later, while Henry's in Italy, we get a new pope, the the old pope, uh, Pascalis. Pascalis died, yes. Yeah. And um, we got uh, Gregory VIII uh, as new pope. Yeah, this is, uh, he is from Portugal. He's a, he's a Portuguese pope, actually, from a just emerging Portugal from Braga at that time was kind of the the biggest city kind of like the capital in in portugal um so yeah now these days we oh. would call him uh, anti-pope gregory the, yes, the eighth yes. so so yeah because there was a second uh, pope elected right it was uh galasius uh the second and yeah yeah, so it's just a continuation of, we don't want to get too confusing, but yeah, there was always one pope <laughs> that kind of, because it's just like the political parties, one pope that supported yes. the emperor, one pope that was against the emperor, and it could be that they were for the Byzantines, it could be that they were for the French, you know, the Germans had many enemies, different enemies at different times, because okay. no, no one likes Germans, you did I'm pretty sorry. I'm kidding. Jeez, everybody likes German chocolate. <clears throat> uh, so <laughs> everybody likes German beer. Anyway, uh, okay. So we'll make it worse. Nobody likes us. The the, the thing is, yeah, uh, the the emperor doesn't have that much time to waste in Italy. He's there for yes. like three years altogether. But news gets to Henry that the nobility is conspiring against him in Würzburg. 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 And yes. uh, he needs to get back across the Alps and do something about it. So Yes, uh, they wanted to get rid of him if he would um, stay away uh, longer. So it was, uh, he had uh, really to hurry to... Yeah come home um in fact yeah records of henry start to become less and less because he's just not that important in the day-to-day -day yes. running of the yeah it's just crazy he's just in italy kind of being forgotten about except for one thing do you guys remember that we, maybe we mentioned the thing called investiture controversy uh now and then once or twice oh in the last. so the, the investiture controversy, if you ask Wikipedia, it ends with something called the Wormser Concordat. This is some meeting, some agreement that happened in, in Worms, in Worms, which is um, kind of in Henry's home turf, you know, near Speyer and all that, that areas. Um, this is the official end of the investiture controversy. Uh, there is now... It's still not resolved for generations, for like 
a hundred years? No. But for three generations and Henry II, Henry III, somewhere in there for generations now, uh, Henry's father had to go crawling on his knees to Italy. And now we have, you know, various Henrys have tried different tactics from, you know, groveling on their knees and hair shirts to leading armies to Rome and calling their, you know, na- naming their own popes. Nothing has worked. And now... Uh, this pope that you just mentioned, Galatius II, um, he he also he he dies, and now we have Calix II. So now the new pope and Henry V both decide, okay, it's time to it's it's time to figure something out. Okay, um, it threatened to escalate again, eleven twenty one. Yes, cause um, Adalbert, um, the one from the prism. Yeah. Uh, yeah, got an important uh, job ah, from mm-hmm. from the from the Pope. He got a papal legate, and Henry decided uh, on a military campaign against Adalbert. And the Archbishop himself mobilized a large army to defend Mainz, mm-hmm. especially from the Saxony, uh, which were um, against Henry V. And so uh, both armies faced each other in Mainz. Yeah. And once more, it was uh, the princes of both armies who began uh, neg- negotiations and um, yeah, urged the emperor to make peace and reconciliation with the pope. Finally, once and for all, stop yes. the yeah, intergenerational... Yes. Um, we did do a whole episode on the history of the whole investiture controversy as a topic itself. Um, uh, Steve Guerra from the History of Papacy was on the show, and, and you can get more about that and those popes on the history of the papacy when he gets to that time in history. So definitely go check that out. It's like a, a to z history.com, something like that. Uh, he's also an Agora podcast member. So there's, there's, a lot more, there's a lot more content on that there. We kind of want to move on because finally we get to. But there's this um, two documents on the imperial side. It's the Heinrichs, Hein Heinrichianum and the papal Calixtinum, which is super creative. So that's you know, <laughs> it's Henry and Calixt uh, Heinrich in German. So it's like Hein, you know. So it's like if I, every tweet I tweet should be that should be called a Travisianum, and you write Judetinums. Um, super creative words, but but with those two documents, the that was kind of the result of the Worms or Concordat, and the investiture controversy was over. Eleven twenty-two, yay! Whoa! Everybody, go home now. Click beep beep beep. <laughs> well, so that's yeah. You, so you should say uh, what uh, what was this about? Yeah, um, the, yeah, the magic, uh, there's this magic ring that makes you a bishop. No, but, um, so investiture is, you know, so symbolically, inve- so investiture is simply who can name, the, you know, who can name a bishop, a bishop. Symbolically, though, in the Middle Ages, this was all done with, like, ritual and pomp and circumstance, and especially, like, these, you had these rings and scepters that, you know, you would give a bishopric ring to a bishop, and that, you know, who could give these rings to bishops? That all had, you know, that, 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 that was now legalized as a pope, uh, uh, sorry, an emperor could not do that, only a pope could do that, um... So, yeah, that is very important. Like, this, this does kind of change the future. It definitely changes the future of the church, uh, but yes. also the relationship of Germany with Rome and Germany and the Vatican and Germany and Italy and all those, all those different things. Um, and the relation of uh, religion and state. Yes, which yes. was different. That's so weird that we're talking. This is a whole podcast about this thing, investiture controversy. And it's totally different uh, if you're talking about France or England or Spain. Um, yes. Well, Spain was weird at this time, but but France or England, because those are also or, or Norman uh, Italy, because those are also Catholic countries under the Pope. But they don't march off to Italy every every generation to be crowned emperor. You know, they just crown them in Paris. 
So you know, at at, at Notre Dame, so or or in England at, at Westminster or something. So it's it's just really weird that what's wrong with these German emperors that they always have to cross the Alps and, um, <laughs> but this changes here. Whatever whatever that dynamic is for the last hundreds of years. And it's been changing. It's not the same. Right now, we're at 1122. It's not the same as in 800 when Charles the Great, uh, Charlemagne, was crowned emperor in the year 800, you know, at Christmas in, in, in Rome. This is 300 years later, and it's a totally different, uh, totally different situation, totally different dynamic. Bishops have a lot of control in Germany. They had yes. zero under Charlemagne. Charlemagne was a complete, you know— ruler he had all the property and and everything that he gave away Otto the first also had much more direct control um and he gave a lot of land to bishops and they became more and more powerful and now they became very powerful so yeah oh yes now we see another change and in a couple episodes i think it'll be good to have a one episode just about the process of how they elected holy roman emperors and how that changed over time because that's that's another dynamic of you know who because we're about to see um, the next emperor Lothar is a very democratic sort of well if you're a nobleman if you're a kurfürst <laughs> um, but they don't they don't you know they don't uh, they don't just elect the children of the salians or who's the nearest relative like they would in England that line of succession but he's elected in a you know kind of democratic way um kind of like the or the way a pope is elected maybe is more like that from from a from a college of cardinals um but that that changes over time so we'll 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 look at that too and it's changing it's now it's very different than the first franks and or even otto's time so let's see a great cliffhanger but yeah i think we should still say uh to our listeners, what was happening? What uh, was the Worms or Concordat about? In the future, there should be made a distinction between uh, the secular goods and powers of the bishop and the spirituals. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of the idea of separation of church and state. Yes, but different. But yeah, it is that it. it um, so we also had this idea before. Uh, so, um, we'll, yeah, we'll talk about this probably in the same episode of like what makes, you know, why is the Holy Roman Emperor? I mean, we've just mentioned this before that there's that weird triangle of there's the church, there's the king or emperor. And he and they all have their certain duties. And Otto's also defined this more the saxon dynasties uh and then the third part of that triangle is like the peasantry the farmers the the, everybody else and that was one philosophical idea okay but the worms or concordat also defines that further saying here's a real here's real economic power and bishops lose it in this regard and and the emperor loses this power in this regard like you can no longer name bishops that's losing a power and both sides win and both sides lose um yes and yeah the real winner i think i think i said on when i was on steve guerra's show i said the real winner here is probably the pope I think uh, in the future, it seems like the Pope just has a little bit more control or or he has a little bit more control over his own bishops in Germany because the bishop in Mainz, he's loyal to the emperor, not the not the Pope in Rome. Oh, yes. So how is, you know, how is that possible that the Pope, he's the lead, he's the head of the Catholic Church, but not really everybody's personal boss now more so. More so, it's still not you know uh, absolute power of because you know it's it's still a, a very complicated relationship, but it's a separation of that uh, the imperial's job and the pope's job and the bishop's yes. job uh, as far as the yeah the diocese level the city level and all that kind of thing. Um, 
it's still not it's still not separate because there's still some bishops that elect emperors you know the the pope still has to crown the emperor so it's still mixed up and complicated and (laughs) blurry but yeah this was one step in how it changes in the evolution of everything of of that relationship the emperor's job was uh to to give uh, the secular goods and powers to the bishop and he was allowed to be uh, there during the ceremony but uh, the bishop handed over the the spiritual authority to to the new bishop uh, and so uh-huh. this was divided in 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 two parts and um emperor i think he had the right yeah if it's undecided the emperor could step in yes to to make uh, the decision of who should uh, become a new bishop or not okay so if it's so. yeah so if there's a contested yeah 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 that makes sense so he still had a role to play but more more separate than before yes um less powerful than before yeah no, Henry, the, yeah, again, Henry, he doesn't live that long. It's kind of interesting to see or to think about what would have happened. Henry promised, okay, so he married uh, his daughter off to England. He then promised Henry I that he would step into French wars in um, in Normandy. Um, but he dies before that happens. So he, he's preparing for to move off to France, to, or to Normandy, rather, in 1124, but he, he dies. Now, th- this is... So he does not have a male heir. So And he was about to move off to Normandy, but he ends up dying at the age of 39 in, in Utrecht. And on his deathbed, he wants to make sure that his wife, everything is okay, you know, for his, uh, his, now he has no heir. Remember, he just has the daughter that he married off to England. Um, and actually on his deathbed, he wants all his property to go to the Hohenstaufen, the Staufen uh, Frederick. Yes. If that's going to happen immediately, we'll see in the next episode. Spoiler, no, it won't. Uh, next episode is called Lothar Third, But... Um, yeah, there's this weird, so Henry can't decide between Utrecht and, so all the, all the, all the Henrys, all the, uh, Salier, all the Salians are buried in Spea, in Spire, in the Spire Cathedral, um, but Henry's, so Henry's bones are too, but his entrails are in Utrecht, still? That's weird. Um, but that's probably because he was still excommunicated when he died, just like his father. Wait, was he excommunicated? Yeah. I what think about, he was. What about um, the Wormser Concordat? They never, that never, okay, I guess he just died too early. Um, but Matilda handed over the imperial insignia to the Archbishop of Mainz, and she returns to England in 1126, and the, now there's the Staufa... Uh, Frederick II, and there's Lothar, who, you know, now there's, they're, 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 I guess we'll, we should end it at this cliffhanger that there's this uh, diet um, on the 24th of August, 1125, 1125, and uh, Stauffa was deemed to be a favorite, but the, the princes do something interesting, the dukes, because um, they pick this old 50-year-old person with no heir, and I think they do that because he's more harmless. I don't know. I just think it's fascinating. But to figure out exactly what happens and why, wait till mm-hmm. next time on Lothar III on the yes. History of Germany podcast. Dun, dun, why dun. they did? Because there was an Adalbert of Mainz, an archbishop, who was still angry about Henry V. And he wanted... Uh, no Staufa on the Oh, throne. so he didn't like the Staufa either. Okay, yeah. Uh, yep. No, I think, uh, I'm, I'm not pretty sure if the point was that he don't like the Staufa, but he did not like uh, Henry V, and Henry V wanted uh, to be a Staufa. Yeah. The new emperor, and so he was for um, 
He just, supported another yeah, candidate. Yes. Whatever the emperor says, he picks the other one. Yes, yes. Um, uh, we'll we'll find out more next time. Don't forget yes. there is there's an Arabic version of this show. I think there's like three episodes now in Arabic. So go find the link to the Arabic version on history of on on what? On podcastnick.com. And uh, if you are, so the reason I'm saying this is that we, we have no way of marketing the Arabic version. So the reason we make a big deal of this every show is please, please do tell the world, tell everybody you know, if you know somebody that speaks Arabic and wants to learn about German history, tell them there is an Arabic version of the History of Germany podcast called Tariq Alemania. And it's probably not, it's on iTunes, but maybe not findable, but we'll have a link to it on iTunes, uh, a link to the iTunes, a link to the iTunes version from podcastnick.com and a link to the Twitter, uh, there's a Twitter feed, um, which is at HG underscore Arabic. And you can follow us on Twitter at, at Germany Podcast, um, or me personally at Podcastnik, or Udit personally at meet underscore Udit. Um, we're all on Twitter. And just, just spread the word about the Arabic version because there's, we have no way of really doing that. We have no way of marketing it. So just tell everybody you know. Send them to podcastnik.com. Uh, tell them to follow us on Twitter and, and all that stuff. Get the word out. Help us spread the word. Um, this is done by a Syrian refugee in Egypt for Syrian refugees in Germany. So we, we just really want to support him. Uh, help him help us. So, so please, please help us. Please help us spread the word about the Arabic version. And uh, what else? What what else is going on, Judith? Oh, for today, I think nothing more. Or I, have I? I think I think I think we got everything. Um, yeah. I feel like no, I feel it's... like not. But well, Merry Christmas! It's the twenty third of December. Happy holidays! Merry Christmas! Uh, happy Hanukkah! And and. Kwanzaa and what what else is winter solstice and Festivus happy holiday yeah and Sat- saturnalia if you're rome if you're a roman citizen frohe weihnachten if you understand german und guten rutsch <laughs> of course and have a merry christmas and a good slide that doesn't that it's not what we say but that's what germans say they say and a good slide into the new year what would you say uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Oh. Good slide. Makes good slide, everybody. Totally sense. <laughs> All right. Good slide. Bye. Good slide. I'm sorry. I just like saying good slide because it makes no sense. Absolut nicht. <laughs> Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.